Halloween girl. So today we are going to do part four of the urban legends in ASMR. So I hope you enjoy and I am going to hopefully um, practice some more on my ASMR voice. Um, usually my YouTube channel is more like I'm, it sounds like I'm almost talking and stuff, um, but I do love to um, kind of do like, I don't know, just different stuff. So I'm going to try my best to kind of like have a lower voice for y'all to enjoy this and stuff. So hopefully y'all do. So let's start. The face and the window. One evening, a teenager named Catherine was home alone. It had snowed during the day and had only just stopped, so there was a nice coating of it outside. Her parents had gone out to a party or other adult function, and she was glad to have the house to herself for a while. She did her homework and then decided to make some popcorn and watch TV getting nice and comfortable under a blanket on the couch the tv was positioned near a large glass window and a sliding glass door that led to the backyard the evening wore on and she started to get sleepy nodding off once in a while but at some point she saw what she was sure was a face Looking at her through the window, she jumped up instantly, weak, but when she went to the window to look out, she couldn't see anything. She ran back to the couch, got her cell phone, and phoned the police. Fortunately, a patrol car was nearby, and soon, two officers came to the door and took her statement. Catherine explained that she was sure there was a man in the backyard. So, so one officer opened the sliding glass door and looked at the ground. There couldn't have been anyone there, he explained, because there would be footprints in all the fresh snow, he pointed out. That snow was pure and unmarked. He suggested that she might have imagined it though he was nice about it and she began to relax thinking maybe it had been a dream or she really had just imagined it she apologized to the officers and thanked them for their time as they were leaving one of them happened to look behind the couch he immediately looked alarmed when catherine went to see what he was looking at at fear seized her and her mouth fell open Behind the couch, leading away, were a set of wet footprints on the hardwood floor. What she had seen was not a stranger looking in at her from outside, but an intruder standing right behind her as she woke up and his face was reflecting back off of the window glass. Well, that's a ter terrifying thought, eh? The big questions are... Where was the intruder? How had he managed to get away without being seen or heard? Or was he still hiding in the house somewhere? This story is another variation on the intruder in the house. Urban legend and is a great one for scaring people home alone. Reading this.
You're not. Are you? Are you? <laughs> Next one is Philadelphia's Bust to Nowhere. In Philadelphia, like all major cities, there are countless buses on the streets all day and all night. But there is one bus in particular that you don't want to get on, or maybe you need to. Some call it the bus to nowhere, and that's exactly what it is, a mysterious phantom bus with no set destination and no sign on the outside to show where it's going. It's said that those who decide to ride it are those overcome with sadness, depression, despair, and confusion about what they should do with their lives. If you don't know what to do and are wandering the city streets at night, the bus may appear for you. But in some accounts, it won't just stop for you. You will have to run to catch it. Once on the bus, you'll find a group of people as lost and confused as you. As for the driver, no one knows who or what it is. The bus can be a place for you to clear your mind and your head and think about your problems and what you might do to solve them. Everyone else there is doing the same, but it's best not to talk to them. They have their own problems to figure out after all. The bus will go and go, and will not stop unless someone pulls the cord to signal that they want off. And that's the whole thing. You really can't and shouldn't pull the cord to tell the driver to stop until you are sure that you are ready because the bus will deposit you exactly where and when you need to be. That's right, it may have only seemed like an hour of riding around, but it might be days or months later. Time has no meaning on the bus of lost souls. Also, it's sad that you will forget all about the bus and its occupants. And if you don't pull the cord to signal that you want off, you'll remain on the bus forever. Now, you might be thinking, this is a pretty good story. A nice twist on the old tales of a ghost ship or train, for example. And you'll be right. But amazingly, some people have sworn that they have seen this mysterious bus driving around Philadelphia late at night. It looks different than other buses in the city because it has no destination displayed and often no bus number and its driver is difficult or impossible to identify. Maybe it's just a training bus for new drivers with some people paid to be passengers for practice. But what if it's not? Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? A college student, we'll call her Megan, lived in a dorm on campus and had a roommate who shared their family large room, who shared their fairly large room, sorry. <laughs> Megan had an import, important paper to write and was spending a lot of time in the library late one night while studying making notes. She realized that she had left an important book back in her room and had to go all the way to, back to get it. There had been rumors of someone creepy hanging out on campus and following people. 
So she wasn't too excited about having to make an extra trip, but she got back to her room without any problems. When she opened the door, the room was dark and she could see that her roommate was already in bed. Megan was careful not to make any noise and disturb her sleeping friend. She found the book she needed and left the room, closing the door quietly after her. She made a quick trip back to the library and settled in for another hour or two studying. Finally, sometime after midnight, she felt herself nodding off and decided it was time to pack it in. She gathered up all her books and once more walked across campus to her dorm. Again, nothing happened, and she was glad, hoping that maybe the stories were just rumors made up to scare other students. Megan crept into her room again, but this time she had to turn on her small desk lamp to set things down and get settled for the night. In the light, she glanced over at her roommate and was horrified at what she saw. Her friend's throat was slashed and written in lipstick on the mirror above her bed was a message. Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? This terrible tale is another of the classics in the intruder category. There are many variations on it. Sometimes her friend is sick and she's checking in on her. Sometimes she comes back to get a sweater and sometimes she doesn't even discover the body until the following morning. In one version, she comes back to find police already there, but the story is far scarier if she makes the discovery herself. The close call of almost running into a crazed murderer is what makes it so chilling. The woman staring on the subway. Mary was riding home on the subway late one night. It wasn't crowded, but there were still a few people in the car she was writing in. At one point, she looked up from what she was reading to see a woman sitting across from her and between two other passengers staring at her, staring blankly, not even blinking. It was a bit weird, and to be sure, but Mary decided to ignore her and go back to her book. She looked up again a minute or two later, and sure enough, the woman was still staring right at her. Mary was getting a little creeped out now, but decided it was best to ignore her. After a few more steps, a few people got on and off, but the woman was still there and still staring. Mary was getting upset now, but she didn't know what to do. She thought about confronting the woman and saying something, but decided it was better to just keep quiet. At the next stop, a man got on the subway and sat down next to her. She was still preoccupied with the woman across from her, and she barely noticed. After another stop or two, the man leaned in to her and whispered that she needed to get off the train with him at the next stop. For some reason, she thought he was trustworthy, and she agreed that this was a good idea. The train rode up to the next stop, and she got up and left the cot with him. Thank goodness you got off with me, the man said to her as they walked through the station. I don't know if you noticed, but the woman sitting across from you was dead, and she was being held up by the two men sitting on either side of her, and suddenly her constant staring made sense. 
That's a great story. It's been around for years with various versions. The idea is that the two men had done something awful and were taking the bodies someplace by pretending the woman was still alive. Luckily for Mary, the stranger got on and figured out what was going on in time, or Mary might have been their next victim. Is it true? Probably not, but keep your eyes open on the subway just in case. Dangerous Dull one summer day in Southern California, Linda was shopping at a local grocery store. Nothing unusual, she was just stocking up on food because some relatives were coming to visit for the weekend. She got back to her car, put the grocery bags in the back seat, and then something happened. She heard a loud pop. About half an hour later, some other people, including a grocery store clerk, saw that Linda was sitting in the front seat and hadn't even started her car. The clerk was concerned, so he went out to the car. Sure enough, Linda was sitting there, but her hands were holding on to the back of her head, and her eyes were wide. She was obviously awake but wasn't moving. The window was slightly open, so she so he had asked what was wrong. She said that she had been shot and the bullet had hit her in the back of her of her head. She could fill her brain with her hands and didn't want to move them. She was trying to keep her brain in her skull. She asked the man to call para paramedics. Horrified, the man did as she asked. And soon after, the paramedics and the ambulance arrived. Because Linda refused to move her hands from her head, they had to pry open the car door. When they finally got in, they asked her to take her hands away, assuring her that they could take care of whatever had happened. She slowly removed her hands. The paramedics found a wad of wet dough stuck to the back of her head. It turned out that in the heat, a Pillsbury biscuit canister she had bought had exploded. The lid hit her head on the back of, of her head first and bounced off, followed by a big, stocky wad of uncooked dough. She felt the pain of the lid and then felt the dough and was wrongly assumed it was her brain. She had been holding biscuit dough to her head for nearly an hour, fearing that her brain was about to fall out. Everyone had a good laugh and Linda was good to go home with just a bit of a pump on the head, but thank goodness her brain was still in place. Unfortunately, the dough was no longer usable. This is a fantastic story that just might have happened, but alas, probably didn't. It showed up online in the 1990s, the early days of the internet, but no one has ever been able to find the original news story. But wouldn't it be funny if it were true? An extreme case of the creepy crawlies. A boy once fell, fell asleep outside. It was a warm summer afternoon, and he wanted to take a little nap after eating some candy. 
He had a few crumbs and wrappers near his face. While he slept, he woke up after an hour or so and went inside. The following day, he told his mother his head hurts and his face itched. She thought it might be allergies since there was a lot of pollen in the air, so she didn't worry about it too much. But the boy's discomfort only got worse. Over the next few days, the boy was very uncomfortable and upset, so his mother took him to see a doctor. At first, the doctor couldn't find anything wrong with him and recommended antihistamines, thinking it was just allergies, like the boy's mother thought. That was a relief to everyone, and they went home. Only the problem didn't go away. It just got worse. And soon they were back at the doctor again. The doctor decided to x-ray the boy's head and was shocked at what he saw. The boy's brain had become infested with ants, some of whom could be seen crawling around. The doctor didn't know what to do because he had no way to remove the little bugs. Eventually, the boy died. Some say it was because of the ants actually ate all the way through his brain. And it all happened because he had fallen asleep and left some crumbs of candy near his face. The ants found the candy and then entered his head through one ear, working their way up until into his brain, where they got stuck and tried to eat their way out. Ick! But, of course, this story is completely made up. Most of the time, bugs won't crawl into new places like ears, and even if they did, they would likely just crawl back out a minute later, unless they got stuck in some earwax or something icky again. It's physically impossible for a bug, much less a whole group of them, to dig or eat into the brain from an ear. So if you see this silly but gross story going around, you can be sure it's fake. But don't leave any empty candy wrappers, too, near your head, just in case. The two tight jeans. In the 1980s, a teenager suffered a gruesome fate. At the time, designer jeans were all the range, and the tighter, the better. Girls would wear them with heels, leg warmers, and other accessories, but they had to fit right and have the designer label. Unfortunately, one teenager girl took it too far, and it ended in tragedy. She was determined to have the best-fitting jeans possible, with no sags or bags at all. She bought a pair that were ready too small, squeezed herself into them, and then sat in a bathtub of hot water to shrink the jeans even more for a perfect fit. Unfortunately, they did shrink, but way more than she wanted. They became so tight as they dried that she couldn't get out of them anymore. In fact, she couldn't even move. But that wasn't the worst of it. They were so tight that they began to cut off circulation. She felt herself getting lightheaded and weak, but she couldn't move, and no one was home to help her. Her tight, fashionable jeans eventually killed her, just as a big boa constrictor snake would. When her parents came home, they were horrified, 
to find her dead in the bathtub. The jeans were so tight that they had to be cut off the body. Her parents sued the jean manufacturer and won a large amount of money. But, of course, that didn't make up for the loss of their daughter. The company had to withdraw the product and make it safer. It was a terrible tragedy caused by a stupid fashion that teens felt pressured to go along with. And it would be a terrible story if it were true. But this one appeared around 1987, again in several versions. It seems to be based on an ad campaign by Levi Jeans back in the 1980s, advertising that their jeans would shrink down to fit you when you wash them, making them your personal pair that no one else could wear. There are versions of the story with teenage boys as well, which makes sense because of the original ad that had featured a man. The message of this urban legend is to be your own person and not just do something because others or a company tell you to do it. All right, y'all. So that's the end of the Urban Legends series, part four. So stick by for part five. So I'm so excited that, you know, um, I started back my Halloween Girl ASMR podcast. So I'm so excited about that. And I just want to let y'all know that um, if you do have any suggestions for the podcast, please let me know shoot me an email, um, give me like any tingle ideas that you would like, um, for just, you know, just for the podcast and I will definitely write them down and stuff. So I hope you enjoy this and I hope you have a great night and a good weekend and know that you are so loved and you aren't ever alone. And if you ever do need a friend to talk to, I'm always available. You can find me in my link description below at um, sevencups.com slash mmbarbieh and I'm always here for you all year long every day so just want to let y'all know that and um, I hope you enjoy this and uh, please let me know if you do <laughs> and um, yeah so I will see y'all in my next um, episode and until then adios